hello? Oh, no. <laughs> um, kind of can't hear you at all. <laughs> it's totally not us. Well, I was going to say, this has worked for like several other people, so it can't, I don't think it's us. Unless I've accidentally pressed something where I, I went for a whiz. <laughs> That's highly possible, actually. I didn't touch a thing. Oh, crumbs. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Hello? Oh, hey! hey. <laughs> I had a momentary panic then, because I thought... That was definitely on my end, I apologize. <laughs> okay. That's all right, I'll let you off. I've um, I've been basically shitting myself uh, non-stop about technology and how f- faily I am at it, so I'm quite, I'm quite happy that the first thing that's failed wasn't me. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, believe me, it'll be all of our pleasure. Um, it's very excited when I get like I sent out so many emails to people and, and tweets and things asking people to join me with like no illusions that anyone would reply. <laughs> so the fact that anybody did and most of the people that did are like totally awesome is pretty great. Uh- well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's a good intro, right? I liked that. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Well done. Yeah, I thought so. Before, um, so, um, before we start, because I've been a bit of a terrible host with all the other interviews I've done so far, so I'm going to do this part when we're actually starting. Um, would you like to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your background for those that may not know who you are? Okay. Um, my name is Jamal. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Um, I am, as Jeff Johns once referred to me, a lifer. Um, <laughs> I've been working in comics professionally for about 25 years, uh, primarily as a penciler, inker, and colorist, and occasional editor, and a current, currently the marketing co-marketing director of Action Lab Entertainment, as well as the creator of Molly Danger. And uh, but people who may or may not have heard my name, I've worked on. Uh, I was exclusive to DC Comics for seven years. While I was there, I I drew Firestorm, I drew Supergirl, I drew Nightwing, I drew part of Action Comics 900. I I worked on War of the Supermen, um, Infinite Crisis, uh, a lot. I was just going to say, so what you're saying is you're kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically the shiz. That's an impressive roster of things. I feel a bit nervous now. (laughs) I just get very excited when it's like Supergirl. Yes! I am. Um, I miss Supergirl. I do too. Yeah. I don't like New Fifty Two. I don't hate New Fifty Two. I don't hate Supergirl. her. I'm just not overly a huge fan. She's, she's not. She's not, she's not my Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't particularly like Wonder Woman right now. It's not my Wonder Woman. Well, that's that's completely you know. understandable. I I think personally, I have dropped about, ooh, I would say six eighths of the books that I was buying from DC previously. Oh gosh. It's, it's nothing you know what people have the right to do what they want creatively with the characters mm-hmm. their characters they're not mine I don't control their destinies you know whatsoever I don't as a comic book reader if I'm not enjoying something I'm not going, I'm not one of the type of person who just has to collect to be a completist mm-hmm. no exactly you know, if I'm if I'm not enjoying it then I voice that with my with my dollars you know and there are things at dc that i am still enjoying but for the for the most part i i disagree with the direction mm-hmm. 
that they've taken. Yeah, I think it's taken a very since it's it's gone a bit too much like the films. It's gone a bit darker and a bit grimmer mm. <laughs> and it's kind of like well I, I don't mind that in some comics but I don't want it to be all of my comics you know I like kind of like the fun yeah. that's what I go there for yeah. <laughs> um, Cause I, I yeah. stopped reading Batwoman after a while and I know that's changed creative team now mm-hmm. under a right. slight cloud from what I was reading about <laughs> it but um, yeah. I think that's why I went back to Marvel and I stopped reading Marvel around about Civil War Mm-hmm. And, right. and 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 all, and Dane, all that changed and happened, but now I've gone and I'm loving Marvel. It's so yeah. much fun, and it, it is literally it's just fun. They still have their serious side. Yeah, L- right. Like I've really got into Hawkeye now. Now that I was able to get Volume One of the trade in the out of the library, now Gosh. I can read Volume Two that I got for Christmas. You know, mm. and it's it's just it is a lot. I'm just enjoying that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I mean, I was buying some Marvel. Um, but and I think since the Marvel since Marvel now started, I've definitely upped the amount of Marvel books. Like I I dropped the X Men completely mm-hmm. for about five years. Yeah. And then when uh, Brian Bendis started writing the books, I totally got into it again. Mm. Yeah, I dropped X Men for quite a while because I didn't like how they changed all the characters and everything. And the same as Stace earlier, I picked up the new female team X-Men you know Storm as lead mm-hmm. and all that and I've I've quite liked that it's nothing too you know fantastic or really amazing but I just enjoy it it's mm. a bit of good fun but well I think that's what it comes down to mostly if you're in, if you find something that you enjoy you don't really have to justify it to anybody <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> unless you have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a completely different realm of possibility. Right? Yeah. I learned this after one of the very first podcasts I did. I just said, uh, I don't like Howard Chaykin's art and left it at that. I had so many emails. Why? It's brilliant. What's wrong with you? Use your eyes. And I was like, oh, shit. Sorry. I don't I know you were all, uh, sorry. Had a bit of a panic there. Um, oh, please. Have you been to my Facebook page? <laughs> I noticed there's a, there's yeah a lot goes down on your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it wildly. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've been following sort of you know this past week this whole fire remender business. Right. Oh yeah. blimey, that took a turn for the insane, yeah. didn't it? Um, it's insane are you kidding me it's ridiculous like if you don't like it just stop reading it for well, god's sake <laughs> stop putting yourself through it yeah. like why is a it's a strange one um no but you know what you know what it is part of it is what makes the any fandom really work is people have a personal investment mm-hmm. in the characters that they like so for jackie you know the person who started this whole thing. She, if you went to her Twitter feed, it's all Captain America. <laughs> it, it is all Captain America, and I'm sure there's other things that she enjoys, but her Twitter feed was all Captain America related. So her dislike of whatever it was that Rick was doing fed into this whole fire Rick Remender thing, only exasperated by the fact that she completely misread the story because mm-hmm. she hated it so much that she allowed her hate to turn what was a pretty straightforward storyline <laughs> yeah. into misogyny, uh, yeah. pedophilia, uh, rape, you know, 
it would actually reverse rate because Jet got, you know, Sam drunk. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is this is the thing that really threw me about the whole story because I came into it a little bit a little bit late to the party, and um, I was because I've been reading Cap, and uh, although because Cap's a big deal for me as well because my the very first comic I was ever bought was issue fifteen of Brubaker's Run from my husband, so Cap's wow. like the reason I'm into comics, um, and I've, I've got to say like I don't think what. Remender's doing is terrible, but it's not like it's not you know. Well, following Brubaker, <laughs> you've got some pretty hefty shoes to fill. Um, yeah, exactly. Brubaker's a tough nut. Uh, mm-hmm. t- a tough nut to crack. You know, it's I like personally. I've been a huge fan of Ed's since Gotham Central. Mm-hmm. You know? oh, gosh, so, yeah. and I I read everything that he puts puts out. Me too. So, so you know, if you, but at the same time, I. I like Rick Remender, and I like some of the stuff he does. Not everything he does appeals to me. I read the storyline where they introduced Jet, mm-hmm. and you know, after a while, I kind of put it to the side because you know it wasn't really grabbing me the same way that I had hoped that it would. Because mm-hmm. I'm a Captain America fan too. I think Cap is probably one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, but again. It goes back to what I was saying before. If you don't enjoy it, put it down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, don't it, keep buying to bitch about it. Yeah, it seems it seems really weird to me that you would spend actual money, <laughs> like because I'm <laughs> I'm a bit on the poor side. So when I've you know right. I, d- I need to I need to be careful with my dollars. And uh, I just think if you're gonna if you if you hate it that much, and if you hate it to a point where you're gonna your views are gonna cloud what's actually going on in the story. Because when I read that issue, um, so I didn't read it until after this whole thing had blown up. Right. And when I read it, I was like, she says she's twenty three. She gets him drunk. She initiates the sex. Right. What's happening? Like, where has this gone wrong in your mind that this is now I, somehow? I don't know. Sounds like a good Saturday night to me. Well, so. <laughs> I don't even. I I don't recap at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the character and the Avengers, but I don't read it. And I heard about this via Twitter and the Mary Sue, and I read that apparent apology. And that was a weird. It was a weird apology. apology. It wasn't. It wasn't. It apology. wasn't at all. No. And I. It was so passive aggressive. Yeah. Like. I, you know, I'm sorry that you guys hated what I wrote, but I'm not going to change my mind because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that classic. Oh, I'm sorry you were offended. Yeah, by right, what exactly. I, exactly. it's one of those. This is the internet in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but even I could look at that one panel of where she says, "Come on, basically, let's get it on." Yeah, and they're both right. drunk, and she's claiming that that's that was rape. It's like, well. Well, she, she, she seemed, initiated it. Yeah, so. she seemed pretty up for it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. kind of seemed to get him drunk. And I thought, do you mean that it was her raping him in some... No? Okay, I, don't, I didn't understand <laughs> it because I wasn't reading no. any. I thought, well, you know, I just won't get involved. Like, it's not like Jet pulled out a strap on and, you know, <laughs> <in> the town. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a whole different comic. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been written by Howard Shaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to get a bad name for that again now, aren't I? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrifying to have opinions on the internet. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, yeah, going going back to, like, you know, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just say that your stuff on Supergirl was some of my favourite oh. art? Like, oh, so lush. I like Thank it when you. people make Supergirl look not 
like a small child something like it sounds really strange but there's a lot of artists who draw her to look like really young and also kind right. of spindly mm. which i find really strange because it's like yes yeah, she's a young woman but she's she should look strong and she shouldn't look weird <laughs> well you, you know what it is is there there is and i find that there are a lot of artists who's who have concentrated so much, especially in comics, you concentrate so much on drawing strong, powerful-looking adult characters that you don't really focus on multiple ages and multiple body types and children. A lot of artists have a hard time drawing children. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a fine line with Supergirl as a character because she is only 16. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in the last few... And I think even currently, like, she's still only a teenager even though you know i know and i've had people argue this with me there are teenagers who are more endowed there are teenagers who are less endowed i i get that but there is a fine line to how you depict them visually in a visual medium to get across the idea of them being a certain age Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that i worked very hard on it was actually sort of an evolution over the course of maybe like the first five or six issues that I was on was I was still kind of trying to figure out that balance Mm -hmm. how to make her look like a teenager but keep her looking fit Mm -hmm. you know Um, but not overly muscled and, and not exploitive because of the age factor and I think that had a lot to do with it as well was that I, you know, I, I said from the beginning, my, my sort of personal mantra from the beginning was to depict her as a normal girl who just happened to get superpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to Power Girl or Wonder Woman who are much more muscular and more well endowed. And I think, and I did the same thing with uh, with Superwoman, where I made her visually more voluptuous and more adult looking. Mm. I loved Superwoman, despite the fact she was homicidal and evil. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, well. the whole, but the whole look of her was really mm. fantastic. Well, that was, that, that's all Alex Ross. Alex Ross came up with the design for her. Oh, Alex Ross. <laughs> I love Alex Ross. <laughs> I do love him. One day I'm going to get rich and I'm going to buy myself an Alex Ross yeah. original. Yeah. Good luck. I was going to say, it's never going to happen. I'm going to have to win the lottery, but uh, I can try. I can yeah. dream. <laughs> Girl's got a dream. Exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. I tell you what, I'd be, if I was getting commissions off everybody I wanted a commission off, I'd be so skinned. Oh, like, yeah. crazy skinned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Me too. But, I, was, yeah. um, I was looking the other day at a Ben Templesmith um, Doctor Who commission, yeah. and it was bloody gorgeous I was like oh, I'm so jealous how could you be so talented get out of my face <laughs> <laughs> I just do that with half the people we know yeah that's true <laughs> yeah, too many talented people I need to surround myself with less talented people I know so I, I see all this, all this fantastic artwork and I think you bastards you want to make me vomit with the talent that you have um, that's somewhat extreme. It is somewhat extreme, but it's faced by just get out. <laughs> oh, listen, don't feel bad. I have a sketchbook. That's oh, I picked it up at a uh, at a a book publisher. They were having a, a proof sale, and they were selling these like blank proof copies, like white cover, white interior, pristine. And it's been sitting on my bookshelf for three years, and I keep threatening them. 
fill it with just sketches from friends of mine, and I just never get around to it because I always because it's the same thing. It's like I'm gonna have to pay these motherfuckers. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit rude that none of them want to work for free, isn't it? <laughs> I know. Rude. Well, they will say the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean we're not getting a free drawing out of this? Oh, go oh, away. Shit. Uh, uh, God. Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could work just, 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 a, just a super girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking for much, just a super girl. <laughs> just one. All right. Between so. us. <laughs> what if it happened to be Supergirl with, with like, you know, Wonder Woman to one side and Power Girl the other? I don't Maybe know how people countries. decide on sketches. Yeah. I've got so many characters that I just adore. I'm like, uh, uh, draw everything, thanks. <laughs> this is what we were talking about last night, isn't it? Mm. You know, Thought Bubble coming up. Hmm. We know Adam Hughes is going to be there, but what would we? Adam ask? Hughes is going to charge through the lines. I know, but if I, I had thought, the money, if to it, what would I ask for? I think it would be Spider Woman because she's like my main favourite at the moment. Yeah, I am. Um, I just think Ninja Turtles everywhere, please. <laughs> <laughs> Addicted, just turtles everywhere, all of them. I'd probably change my say. Can you just do Wonder Woman or She-Ra? <gasps> See, God, then. <laughs> She-Ra's a good caller. Yeah. That's true, but I, you know, Adam does everything fantastically. Oh. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> but again, there are a lot of people. Like usually, when uh, people approach me at conventions to do sketches, like for the most part, they have a list of characters that they want people to draw, and they just say, you know, pick whatever character you want to do. Mm. You know, and I and I think it helps with you know artistic spontaneity mm. when when you do that. So if you put together a list of like the the types of characters you you want to have drawn. You know, you can get people. You know, you can get multiple versions of the same character. You just pick one character. Like I have uh, the the Kelly Dale, who's the the other marketing director at Action Lab, is a big Firestar fan. She has a Firestar sketchbook. So like, she has a sketchbook with nothing but Firestar drawings. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you really remember Firestar from a very old cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> am I too young for that again yes. can I play the too young card yeah, yeah. <laughs> so am I technically I watched it in reruns like BBC oh, 2 okay. early morning <laughs> yay I me saw, I saw the first run yeah. <laughs> that's how I so, sorry I'm sorry I'm so young <laughs> yeah stop it would you I'm sorry you're offended <laughs> oh dear <laughs> can we um can we have a little chat about uh, Action Lab? Because I, uh, I'm i sure... Now, I haven't made this up. I'm, I this is where I put my foot right in it, because with my terrible research. But I'm pretty sure one of my friends, Dave Dwanch, is involved. Yes, he, Dave is our creative director. I love Dave. He's uh, he's what I kindly refer to as a gentleman bastard. Yes, he is. <laughs> that, you know what? That is a good... We're putting that on his business. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Dave. Um, can you talk a little bit about how Action Lab sort of came about and how you got involved? Well, Action Lab actually came about originally. Um, Dave was one of the founders, along with Sean Pryor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the Sean Pryor. Oh my God. Uh, Sean Gabberin, Jason Martin, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Chad Ciccone, who's the co-creator and the artist of Fracture. And they had been doing their own self-publishing things separately, but like I met them on the con circuit, and we all got to know each other and, and what have you. And they decided that 
they were going to get together and form a company, and they launched a Kickstarter to do the first Fracture miniseries, which was a, was successful. And that was the sort of the flagship title of Action Lab. And then they decided they were going to become a full-fledged publisher. They started you know, picking up other creators and doing creator-owned books and slowly building over the last four-plus years. Um, I got involved because of my relationship with them. What had happened was when I decided that I was going to, uh, that I didn't want to self-publish Molly Danger, that I wanted to go through another publisher, they were the, the first people that I thought of because I saw what they had done with Fracture just in terms of the production value and everything else. So I took Molly to them immediately and we, you know, we came up with a, an equity deal and we launched a Kickstarter and the Kickstarter was insanely successful. Um, and uh, what happened was last year around, I would say towards the end of uh, San Diego Con last year, uh, I had spent a good portion of my time at the booth and, you know, hanging out with the guys and seeing what they were planning and what they wanted to do and in which direction they were going. And I, and I just sort of said to myself, you know, these guys are about 90% there. You know, they're 90%, they just need to be pushed in certain directions mm -hmm. to sort of expand what they're already doing. So I went to them and I said, hey, listen, you know, if there's anything else that I could do to help you guys out, you know, just let me know. And Brian Seaton, the, uh, the CEO of the company, looked at me and goes, you want to be the marketing director? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> because I, I think I mentioned at one point that before I, got in, before I became a professional comic book artist, I worked in advertising and I worked in marketing for a couple of years. So I had a marketing background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, you know, doing comics over the last 20 plus years, you get to know everybody and you get to know them, you know, the, the industry. If you become a student in the industry and you understand how the industry operates. Hmm. So, and I've been doing that since I officially came on board in October of last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been the marketing director, co-marketing director. Ever since, so I handle all the the press and uh, you know convention stuff and you know various amounts of organization and you know getting people to I put together PDFs for review. <laughs> I was just going to say, is it you or I, get all the emails from? <laughs> yeah, well, I, am. I am, and you do. <laughs> so yeah, so that that is my my function is is I am the media guy. I am the guy who. Who gets you know people information and answers questions and I'm you know the, the main contact between other vendors who are looking to do co-op deals or you know that sort of thing with Action Lab. So mm -hmm. excellent. So, so that's about you know twenty five percent of my week <laughs> is doing Action Lab related stuff. Where did the idea for um, Molly Danger come from? Uh, the the original idea for Molly Danger was it started as a pitch a, an animation pitch and uh it was a a guy a friend of mine and i were driving back from uh from a convention and we were kind of going back and forth about 
this was 2002 and we were sort of going back and forth about you know what we what we would do if we were to pitch a cartoon to Nickelodeon mm -hmm. and we were kind of going back and forth it was, Molly just sort of popped into the name Molly Danger popped into my head first and then the the concept was a lot more nebulous than than it ended up has that it's sort of evolved into Mm -hmm. Um, and when I first came up with the idea, it was much more of a, you know, through the looking glass mm -hmm. sort of, the sort of thing where there were two separate realities, but you didn't know which reality was the, the real reality. So you had the, the reality of Molly Danger as this, you know, 10 year old superhero fighting crime in this, you know, alien city versus, you know, her, her, at the time, real identity of uh, of Maggie, mm -hmm. and it sort of stayed like you know she could you know the, the the general premise was she could do anything she put her mind to. So it was very it was very it, it was very very vague and <laughs> pretty wide open. <laughs> um, and I and I had written an an initial script for it. And we had started because my friend at the time had a publishing company, an uh, independent publishing company. We were going to publish it through his company. And I started, started, I wrote a script and I started to pencil it, but I couldn't finish it because I was getting busy with paying work. My career was starting to pick up at that point. Um, so we put it on the side for a while. Then we hired another artist uh, named Jamal Peppers who would eventually go on to do Sonic the Hedgehog over at Archie. And, nice. uh, yeah. And then he dropped it after a while because he couldn't afford, he couldn't afford to work for free. And then we, we put it on the shelf for a long time for about eight years. Um, just because I could never figure out, I, I, you know, I ended up, you know, being on contract at DC and, you know, even if I want, had wanted to do anything Molly related at that point, I just didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I kept going back to the concept and tweaking it and what have you. And then in 2010, I had been approached by a publisher to pitch a kid superhero a graphic album I, you know, to them. So I was kind of going back and forth of a couple of different ideas, and I said, then I said to myself, "Well, what about Molly?" So I went and found my, you know, all of my old, you know, Molly artwork and notes and everything, and looked over the the, the, the script that I had written, and it was just like, "This is this is too this this is too vague. It's too random. You know, it, it's." Too much, you know. You need to, sim you know, you need to simplify the concept. So I went back, basically, to the idea that she is Molly Danger, and all she knows about herself is that she's Molly Danger, and that was the point that I started from mm -hmm. with her. So I rewrote the pitch. I, you know, put together a pitch package. I sent it to the publisher. Never heard back from them. Oh. I thought it'd been, you know, lost. I'd seen the the people who had approached me at different shows, and I was like, "Yeah, could you resend it?" Resend it again. Never heard back. 
So I was like, fine. Okay. I pitched it to Random House. Nothing. Pitched it to Tor. Nothing. Um, pitched it to, you know, a couple of other companies. Nothing. I tried to hire a literary agent who said to me, and this was, you know, 2000, again, like 2010, 2011. And, you know, the biggest thing in kids lit was Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> and she's, you know, so I, you know, I showed her the pitch for Molly and she said, this is wonderful. This is a great superhero comic idea. I don't know where to take this. So, again, you know, Molly would have ended up on the wayside again if I hadn't decided that I was going to not renew my contract with DC. Hmm. And, you know, when my contract was, my, you know, my contract was up and I finished out my contract, I did, I did the Ray miniseries, and I finished out my contract, and I was, you know, doing some work for IDW on G.I. Joe, and doing KISS. Well, yeah, I was doing G.I. Joe covers, and I was doing KISS for IDW. And I'm sitting at my desk one day, and just like, okay, what now? You did everything that you said that you were going to do at DC, and, you know, now what? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> That must have been quite a sobering afternoon. <laughs> it was. It was. And sort of serendipitous, actually, because the next morning I get this email from this guy, and he's like, listen, I've got, you know, I've got this idea. I, wanna, I want you to be involved. You know, we'll raise some money through this website called Kickstarter. And I was just like, Kickstarter? What the hell's Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> Said nobody. Said nobody. <laughs> no, but you have to keep in mind it's just 2012, so mm-hmm. Kickstarter is still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in terms of websites, it was still fairly new. You didn't have, like, a lot of the huge campaigns that you've had now. So Kickstarter was just sort of, you know, making the rounds. And I went to the website. I looked at it. I was just like, you know what? I can, I can do Molly. I can, pit, I can pitch it myself. I don't need to work with another creator uh, on that level, and I can try to raise the money myself. And I'd actually talked to my wife, and you know, and you know, said so we just sort of said, you know, I want to give this a shot. And she said, Yeah, let's let's give this a shot. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll go with, with Plan B, and you know, we'll self-publish. But I, I, I think I had just determined to myself that I needed to do Molly because mm-hmm. it's just a, to me it is it's a combination of things it's my I feel like it's a love letter to everything that I love about comics you know it's a story that I you know the 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 first four books that I'm planning are just the beginning like there's so many different directions that I can go with mm-hmm. Molly after this initial this initial storyline is told you know, I've already got like up to, you know, book ten. <laughs> so, That's advanced uh, planning. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but it's it's good to know where you wanna be, you know, with you know, with with a with something like that. But I and you know, which is rare because I've never had anything in terms of writing worked out that far in advance. Mm. Um so, 
you know, so 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 that really is you know why I did it, and you know the the idea for Molly, it's a combination of wanting to do something that I hadn't seen being done in comics, as, you know, very well, at least in American comics, very well. You know, I wanted to create the kind of character that I would want my daughter to read mm-hmm. and enjoy. I wanted, but I also wanted to do a story that had some meat to it that, you know, while, you know, and, you know, it's sort of like publishing taboo to use the, the term all ages because, it's, you know, a lot of people say, you know, think all ages and they immediately t- think children. But, you know, for me, I wanted to do a story that anybody at any age could pick up, read, and enjoy on different levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, and there are multiple themes as well. You know, it's, it's tackling loneliness. It's tackling, you know, new, you know, mixed families. It's, t- you know, it's tackling the, the concept of superheroics in general. You know, how, you know, how does a city as small as Coopersville deal with the amount of damage that happens from these fights? Well, how do they deal with the damage? You know, Dart is basically paying the city <laughs> <laughs> to, for, all the, for all the damage. And how do they pay for all the damage? Merchandising. <laughs> merchandising, 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 which is why she lives in a museum. It has a gift shop and why there are Molly Danger movies and action figures and plush toys and TV series. You know, it's, you know, one of the, the, the things that I really enjoy um, just from a sociological perspective is the cult of personality surrounding celebrity. Mm-hmm. And the loneliness that I think a lot of people in that position feel because they always feel like people are trying to take something from them. I would be the world's worst celebrity because I'm naturally slightly paranoid. (laughs) (laughs) I think if I was a celebrity, I'd just be like, what do you want? Do you want my money? Get away from me. (laughs) Just the worst. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, Couple was it last year or was it the year before last? I think it was the year before last at San Diego Comic Con. Um, I did a signing with Gene Simmons from Kiss mm-hmm. at the IDW booth, and it was fascinating to watch because and he he took it all in stride. But you have people flashing cameras in your face and handing you stuff to sign and trying to touch you, and you know there were guys like, Yo, Gene. You know, can you play blah blah blah? You know, at your concert next month, and he's and he's just sort of like, okay, if you know, we've got a set list, but you know, <laughs> sort of taking it all, sort of taking it all in stride. And I think you know, for somebody like him who's been a celebrity for the last forty years, you know, yeah, you know, he's sort of learned to take it, but he's, it's kind of a bubble. Mm. At the same mm. time, because you can only allow so much in, and the the big idea about having Molly and having her activities being monitored by Dart, which is for people who don't know, it's Dangerous Action Response Team, which is sort which is sort of a support team, but also a private contractor. 
Um, and their job, as they see it, is to monitor Molly's actions, but to also keep her separate from the public. Mm-hmm. But in keeping her separate from the public, they also have this sort of hands-off approach to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not allowed to have intimate personal contact with anybody from DART. That's the standing rule. And those, the reasons for that are, are sort of twofold. And the, the biggest reason is that DART, people in DART have died. Molly, for, for people, just to give, give the, the folks at home sort of the, the rough pitch of, of Molly Danger, Molly is a 10-year-old superhero. But Molly's been ten years old for two decades. She doesn't oh. age. She, you know, she becomes. She has the maturity of a ten-year-old, but the combat training of a twenty-year combat vet. <laughs> so she is kind of this the type of kid who tries to pretend that they're older than than they actually are. Hmm. And she's stuck in this sort of stasis where people in her life come and go. She doesn't have any friends, and she doesn't have a secret identity outside of being Molly. And because Dart keeps her at arm's length, she's very lonely. She's a very lonely little girl. And that's sort of the, the crux of book one, is she meets someone that you know, she feels like she has a connection to. Mm-hmm. And we sort of, we sort of build from there. So it, it's very hard for her um, because, you know, and in the book we have, you know, one of the scenes in the book is, uh, the, one of the other leads in the book is a, a character named Austin Briggs and Austin is shown the, the hall of heroes, which is a hallway in darts command center that is filled with pictures of people who have either left dart, retired or died in the, line of the last 25 years. Mm. So that that's sort of the point in the story, I feel, where the reader gets a glimpse of, you know, this is real life. You know, mm-hmm. people die. Mm-hmm. Things happen. You know, it isn't all just, you know, the typical comic book fun and games of the bad guy getting away and the good guy, you know, catching them and, you know, there not being any real ramifications from it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's... You know, a little heavy in some regards, but I found that if you can explain certain concepts to younger readers, they get it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's um, it's something that people shy away from a lot, and they shouldn't, mm. um, because I think I mean, for example, something like Adventure Time tackles such massive um, concepts and ideas, but it does right. it in such a way that it's not only interesting for children and fun for children to watch but it's it's teaching them things about life and i think it's i find it really odd that people want to keep kids at arm's length from serious stuff because it's like life won't do that for them it's like they're afraid that they'll break but it's amazing what kids can actually deal with deal with and handle Mm. more so than adults Mm. well yeah Yeah. and and it's you know even from watching my own daughter over the last six years you know it's amazing how quickly if you explain certain concepts to her and, you know, you explain it in terms that, you know, she, uh, she can understand, even if she doesn't completely get it, 
but she, but she'll get the basics. So, and one of the best pieces of advice that I got, I was at a, uh, the diamond retailer conference when they had it at a New York comic con a couple of years ago before I did, before I did wrote the script for the first book. And one of the things that they said, cause, uh, one of the, the speakers was someone from first second mm-hmm. and, uh, she said, don't be afraid of dark when it comes to kids. Mm-hmm. The, the kids material because if you look at like the brothers grim or a lot of you know they're the fates that we grew up with it's some pretty dark stuff well yeah i mean originally witches and kids getting lost parents dying you know but even disney isn't isn't all roses i mean most disney movies it starts with a death in the family or a family is no no do you know what the worst disney one is it's the princess and the frog because they trick you by not killing anyone at the start because Disney films always do that thing of killing yeah Yeah. they always kill someone off at the start that you're not that attached to and you're like oh well but no (laughs) Princess and the Frog almost murdered me when they squashed the firefly because he was Uh, brilliant and I was like oh you've broken my heart but it's all there you know like Grimm's fairy tales even um, Hans Christian Andersen right a lot of his came from that Mm. kind of area too so it's in everything so it's just for some reason in the last I don't know how many like 10, 15 maybe years they've Got really soft kit gloves on with kids. It's funny considering the advent of things like video games. <laughs> it's really odd to me that it's like, oh, don't show them death and stuff, but Mortal Kombat, yeah, go for yeah, it, whatever. But I think that 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 has always sort of been around. Like, it is for different things. One of my wife's biggest complaints, because my wife's French, and you know, one of her biggest complaints is you know here in the, here in the states. You know the prudish attitude towards nudity mm-hmm. and sexuality that we have here in the states, and you know as opposed to violence, which is everywhere mm. and prevalent, and you can't get away from it and glorified in so many different ways. But you know, show a boob? Nope, can't do that. <laughs> well, that was that Sin City two poster. Oh wasn't god, it? yeah, that it was cool. like barely side boobs, side hell yeah. no, <laughs> and barely a, you know a silhouette of a breast. But you can brandish that revolver. That's all right. It was a good oh, boob, though. Why would you have a problem boob. with that boob? Really <laughs> but you, you brandish that revolver. That's absolutely fine, you know. Oh, no, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree. And, but here's <laughs> the funny part is, and, you know, just a, little, just a little side story. When I was in my early 20s, I worked at a video store. And we, we had a adult section. Now, it wasn't like triple X. It was mostly like Playboy videos hmm. and like, you know, softcore like swimsuit videos and that, that sort of thing. But one day I'm in the store and I see this guy and he's sweating and he's like staring. <laughs> and I walk over and I'm like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And he looks at me with this like wide-eyed look on his face and like this huge smile. It's like, look at the tits! Look at the tits! <laughs> And I think that's what people are afraid of here, that everybody's going to turn into this psychotic sex monster and we're not going to get anything else done. So. I mean, heaven knows what will happen when uh, Fifty Shades comes out as a movie. Oh, God. Oh, God. People are gonna, it's going to be nine and a half weeks all over again. It'll, yeah. It'll just lose their minds. Oh, my God, this is horrible. Please think of the children. <laughs> Well, first of all, if you're taking your child to see Fifty Shades of Grey, what the fuck? 
Oh, that is one thing. Horrible, horrible parent. (laughs) I was going to say that is one thing I found absolutely amazing about him. There was like reports of people taking their children to see the Dark Knight Rises for midnight showings. But why? And I'm like, are you mental? (laughs) That film is not going to be for for a start. It's so gosh darn long. Kids are not going to like. I at at the age of like six or something, I would not have had the attention span for that film. No. And oh, I would have probably spent the whole time laughing at Bane's voice. Are, are you kidding? Up until a year ago, my daughter still ran from Swiper the Fox whenever it came <laughs> on screen. <laughs> she, you know, she, you can't get her, like, she, she, she likes Wonder Woman, though. But you can't hey. get her to watch anything that is even remotely, like, embarrassing or anything with, like, violence or, or anything else. And, you know, and as far as, like, attention spans go... Forget about it. You know? Like she'll sit there and watch like Caillou or you know or like Peppa Pig or something, but mm-hmm. she'll she'll sit there and watch that for a couple of hours. Try to show her a movie with like any kind of exposition, and she is out like a light. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my uh, my sister in law is terrible at films. We put on Fargo not long ago, which I still haven't seen the end of because she fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, you bully! It looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> TV show was good though. I haven't I, watched I, it. You know, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen oh, it. it's really good. I've, I've kind of got a little thing for Martin Freeman though. Even mm. though he's not sexually attractive to me, I would because he's because <laughs> he's Martin Freeman. <laughs> Should I just reveal too much? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, everybody, everybody's got that one. You, you got you got that one. I think I've got. Started. You got several. I've got more than one. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nobody agrees with my Seth Rogen thing because I'm like I'm not physically attracted to him, but his sense of humor is just so poifict. But I'm... I think that's a I think that's more of a woman thing. Like guys, definitely. Like you're not. Most guys aren't going to go. Well, you know, she's she's a dog, but wow, she's got a great personality. You know, <laughs> that's, that's not how most guys are built. <laughs> I mean, I've clearly fallen in love. You know, on an emotional level with women that I wasn't necessarily attracted to, and you know, I'm still good friends with. <laughs> you know, but at this, you know, but for guys, I think it's a little bit more of a yeah, I do her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, you have to have that like that visual sort of, you know. And then again, there's there's certain people who, like, I've had crushes on, like in the like in the media, and I've had the good opportunity to meet afterward after the fact and then you meet them you're like oh well I can't fantasize about you now you're cool <laughs> I always worry about meeting people who I think either either who I admire or who I kind of fancy because I just think well, what if what if you're an awful person yeah. <laughs> it just ruined all of my illusions there, there's always that there, there's always but I've been very very lucky there's been very few people that I've that I've met over the years who have turned out to be just a complete twat you know <laughs> <laughs> I've been very lucky. Most of the people have been very, very cool. You know, Gene Simmons, perfect example. My politics and his are completely on opposite sides of each other, but the man is charming, <laughs> very funny. And I, could, I could, it's like I walk away and just like, yeah, I, I get it now. Like I get why people gravitate towards him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, because he's a very charming guy. You know. And he's tall too. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like six three, you know, without the boots. That's quite impressive. That is impressive. Did he? Uh, is his tongue as long as everybody thinks it is? 
I don't know. I never got a chance to see it on that level. <laughs> <laughs> Why ever not? <laughs> wasn't, wasn't enough time. Yeah. Wasn't a good opportunity. No, no, no Shame. No. Too many cameras. I think that would have been a weird scene. I would have probably ended, if he stuck his tongue out at me, I probably would have ended up in like, the National Enquirer or something. <laughs> oh, the National Enquirer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I don't know what you're on about again. Uh, re- really, Sorry. really trashy news magazine thing. Oh, uh, okay. Which pretty much like seems Daily Mail. Yeah. Oh god. Basically makes up every story that's in it. Bloody Daily Mail. And it's... Do you know what upsets me the most about the Daily Mail is that loads of my friends in America don't realise what it is and like tweet links, and I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. Listen, Stop. Most people tweet that. Most people. It's the same problem with newspaper headlines. Most people don't read past the first paragraph or even even the title of something before they tweet it. Mm. You know, and then you'll tweet something, and somebody else will go, "Did you even bother to read the article? It's the complete opposite of what you're saying." It's like, really? Oh, I feel like an idiot. So, <laughs> but most people don't do that. There's so many the the internet opportunities to cast knee jerk reactions. Mm. On I know. A yeah, they hourly do. basis. Oh, it's <laughs> some author, and she she wrote an article about um, uh, Princess Kate. Uh, oh, yeah. Kate Middleton mm-hmm. and had to go about the way she I think she basically called her plastic or something and people went absolutely mental over it how dare you blah, 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 have you seen yourself in the mirror and all this sort of <laughs> thing and so actually if you read the article and really properly read it she's not actually having to go at her at all right mm-hmm. it's very so she has very valid points which I can't remember all of but it was just read the freaking article yeah people take a lot of things out of context yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's, a, it's no, the dangers it- of the internet <laughs> Well, that, that's the dangers of media in general. I mean, mm. a lot of newspapers will do that, and a lot. Of, um, like recently, there was a an, an opinion piece written in a local newspaper here in New York that, you know, excuse me for anybody who might be offended because it's the only, the only way that I can just repeat the title that started out as the nigger in the White House. Ooh, okay. and people immediately jumped on the title without reading the actual article. And the actual article talks about how Republicans have launched this massive hate campaign for the entirety of Barack Obama's mm-hmm. presidency and how it's negatively affected the country because it's built on hate and racism. Mm-hmm. But that's not what people read. They read the title and they basically lambasted the guy who wrote the article without reading the title calling him a racist on both sides of the political spectrum here in the states Mm -hmm. you know so those opportunities for knee-jerk reactions are always there and you know and in funny in a roundabout way this brings us back to jackie and the fire (laughs) rick remender thing yeah because of the exact same thing she misread how old jet black was Mm. And the situation leading up to her having sex with the Falcon and launched this entire crusade based on her preconceived hate. Mm-hmm. I do find it really strange that she um, she seems to really genuinely hate everything Rick Remender's done, but oh, still uh, reads stuff. It's like, just le- just, like, just do yourself it. a favour. Yeah. Your stress levels, you, you were really going to be affecting your heart and stuff. Like, it's, calm it's, down, it's, stop reading it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, I, mean, I did that with all, yeah, all of the DC titles, because I just right. I couldn't get on with them. And 
they weren't the versions of the characters that I fell in love with, but I've got all of my back issues and my trades that I can always go back to. They're always yeah. there. And I right. tried them all, and I thought maybe maybe Wonder Woman's better in trade than in singles, and I'll mm. try it again at a later date when mm-hmm. I'm more prepared right. for it. But I couldn't get on with it. I remember we, when we did a podcast together once, we were reading Wonder Woman at about the same time. And there's this whole thing going on with a pregnant woman that she was meant to be protecting. And then there's whole things with Hades who looked like he had a candle melted on his head. Yeah, what was happening? And then it, it's like we lost track of what was happening with the pregnant woman because we were going on about Hades and you can never love because you can't love yourself. And it's yeah, it was and weird. I had to stop reading it. Yeah. I had to stop. It's a shame with DC, I think, because they've got a lot of good ideas. Mm. But um, they seem to be sort of really on this dark and gritty path at the moment. It's like... right. Give me something fun, man. <laughs> just, exactly. Just, just, just lighten the tone a little. You've got characters and teams you can do that with, with Teen Titans. Right. Yeah. Even Birds of Prey was good fun. It had its serious stuff, don't get me wrong, but it was good fun it in places seems, too. It's, it seems like with a lot of the recent announcements, though, that they are trying to get back to that in, in mm. some regard. Yeah, I, I really hope they are, because I think... I mean, I've, I've always been a bit more of a DC girl than Marvel anyway, but at the moment, right. the way things are going, I'm swinging the other way. And I right. think there's just, there's so much they've got that they could, that they could work with. Because, mm. um, I mean, I'm not a- opposed to dark comics. I mean, Hellblazer's one of my favourite right. comic series is, is ever, and you can't get much more mm. sort of dark and mystical and horrendous. I mean, one of the last storylines in Hellblazer before they cut it off was a double of him raping his niece or something. Yeah. It's like really, like really grim. Um, but, that's, but that's different. That's Hellblazer. That's what you expect from yeah. Hellblazer. That's the type yeah. of story you expect from Hellblazer. My big thing, um, not only being a creator, but being somebody who works in marketing, is that DC... One of the DC fails at, to me, that Marvel succeeds succeeds at is brand recognition. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's an alternate, unless it's an alternate dimensional version, a young character mm-hmm. or a younger take on a specific character, the versions of the characters that all present in all forms stay consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DC has multiple versions to do. It's a Superman that they're trying to do. Multiple, you know, the Batman. You know, multiple versions of Green Lantern. They're trying to do the dark and gritty stuff for the main line, but then at the same time, they're doing the Adventures of Superman digital book, although I think they canceled that now. Mm-hmm. Not, not exactly sure. But DC, for me, as a company, causes brand confusion. You know, mm-hmm. it waters down... It water down the the core concept of the character you know and they try to have their cake and eat it too by putting out all these different multiple versions of the same characters because they think that it's more important to try and appeal to every single audience in every single possible iteration and it causes confusion because the, the kids who grew up on Justice League Unlimited aren't going to pick up the current Justice League book because it's just too different. Mm. You know, it's you know, it's just not even remotely the same. You know, Superman. You know, I have I stopped reading the Superman books because I, you know, after Grant Morrison left Action Comics because I didn't like what they were doing with the character. Mm. Um, but. I started picking up Adventures of Superman when they started doing the the print edition. 
because that's the Superman that I recognize, and that's the Superman that a lot of people recognize. And one of the one of my favorite ongoing things to needle people with is my hate of Man of Steel. <laughs> oh no! You... And it's not. It, it's not hate. It's not hate so much because I think I think of Man of Steel as a mediocre movie with great visual ideas mm-hmm. and great potential concepts. They have a good cast, great potential concepts. It's just the execution disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the biggest part of that is Superman, of all the DC characters, is a character that people, they put on lunchboxes mm-hmm. and in toys and everything else. So if you're going to have Superman, he has to act like Superman. You can't have a Superman snapping somebody's neck. Yeah. You know, no matter what the reason, I was you know, that is, then he is no longer Superman. He, then he no longer represents truth and justice. And, I, and yeah. the, the 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 idea that I can't take my six year old daughter to a Superman movie mm. is disturbing. Yeah, mm-hmm. to me because the first movie I ever saw was Superman the movie with my grandfather, it, and that started my love of comics. It, it felt in the way that DC just they wanted to run away from Superman's this good um, apple polisher but I wouldn't melt kind of yeah. all American. I, I think right. they were Ideal. trying to take it down the the sort of Christopher Nolan Batman yeah. route without going full crazy violent Batman way. But I, um, but I think I think I I'm sort of half and half on this issue because on the one hand I think well. I'm happy with there being different versions of Superman, and if in this iteration it made sense to him to get rid of Zod because he didn't know what else mm. to do, like we can't we can't contain him. Zod will keep destroying things mm. until we get rid of him. Then fair enough. But I also think that one of the one of the things I absolutely adored about the second Cat movie was that at the end he was in a situation where he could have absolutely decked the shit out of Bucky, yeah. and he would have had he would have been well within his rights yeah, to because yeah. Bucky was straight up trying to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he he stayed so true to his the idea yeah. of Captain America, yeah. regardless of which cap you are reading Mm. his ideals have always been a massive part of him and they stuck so true to that with him refusing to beat up his best mate and I was like oh he's getting punched in the face but he's not reacting and I got a little bit a little bit weepy yeah Yeah, because I thought that was just so perfect how did I get and that is the key difference between the two movies you don't know what Superman stands for that's the problem at at the end of Man of Steel yeah it's, it's 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 like he's it's not necessarily he's lost his way, but it's that the company behind him have lost their way with him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, again, that goes back to having your cake and trying to eat it at the same time. Yeah. You know. It, it, you know. Because it, it, it just it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. I think they were just trying to jump on the. And they think it was the whole the Batman popularity of Batman just Batman. done well, so let's make Superman just as dark and as brooding. He's had a rough time, and then they do the same in the comics. And, and try and make him look darker and mm. get rid of the relationship with Lois Lane because that's boring, apparently. It's it not. Isn't. It was fantastic. No. It's not. Everyone loved it. I don't it. agree. <laughs> with it? And, you know, I, I am mean when it comes to the costume changes because I thought, well, the costume worked for, what, 75 years? Mm. 50, 75? Right. It could have done for a few more. I don't, you know. Yeah. I don't think the costume is awful. I just prefer the original one, basically. Mm. Yeah. It's the same with yeah, Wonder I'm Woman. Right there. That, you know. I'm right there. 
But uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's it's a shame, but I think it will eventually it will come around. To I'm waiting for them to re-reboot everything. I think and just they will. Like, <laughs> I think some sort of event will occur. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> they've left themselves some form of loophole mm-hmm. that it, they can reset it if they want. Because yeah. am I imagining it, or was the new Fifty Two stuff caused by whatever happened at the end of Flashpoint? It was. Yeah. That, it, no, it was the end of Flashpoint because yeah. it happened at the end of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. which started with someone else writing it. Why did the Green Lantern books not change? Well, Batman didn't really change either. Didn't make any sense, did it? Batman and it was probably about the only ones that really didn't change at all. Right. I was quite sad when they just sort of kept going and. (laughs) Yeah, the the Green Lantern stuff really bamboozled me because that literally just kept the entirely Mm. same storyline, and I was like, well, how can this be if other characters are like entirely different in this new situation? I've just noticed that we've come up to our hour already. That was really fast. (laughs) And just to add, I'm still heartbroken. We've got Donna Troy no more. Just saying. I'm sure she'll come back, she says, optimistic. Although, then again, they've brought back my favourite, Ted Cord, and he seems crap. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she probably still won't be Wonder Woman's sister, which depresses me. You you know, here's here's my thing, is that if it were up to me, I would... The first thing that would happen was... Because at the end of Final Crisis, Donna Troy, Kyle Rayner, Jason Todd, and Ray Palmer had teamed up as a group. Yeah. And had like they were going to become like the challengers of the multiverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be like the end of an issue of Justice League is them coming to the New Fifty Two Earth mm. and like saying this is all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I don't know, because they did it, and then they did nothing with them. It's like, well, that was pointless. <laughs> no, but I'd definitely awesome. get behind that yeah, idea. I'd be behind that as well. Yeah. I'd be right Pitch there. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> oh, dear. I can't believe how quickly that hour's gone. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Oh, it was great talking to you both as well. Thank you for having me. This oh. was so much fun. Oh, please. Thank well, you. I hope you get to the UK sometime. Yeah, and, and we, we want to pay. I would love to. I would love to. I would love to come back at some point. I'm. You know, I don't know when. Probably in the next couple of years. I'm going to definitely try to at least come back for London Super Comic Con again because that was a a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I miss that. I was just, I've never been to that one. I, I miss that one. I feel like I should. Yeah, have to do it. <laughs> it's always. Yeah, no, in... I, I went one. Like I think their second year I went. Yeah. Yeah. So and again I would just love to come and spend because i was only there for the weekend and you know then we flew over to paris to to see the in-laws mm. so. <laughs> <laughs> what if you can handle our winters come in come in what october november maybe. do thought bubble, do, do thought bubble we're, we're pitching thought bubbles to everybody yeah. today we're like well not, not this year because i'm sort of booked up for november but definitely next year yeah yes, because that's the, the one con we both go to every year yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we go to others, but Thought Bubbles are our, our mainstay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. lovely there. And uh, I want to pounce on people for giant bear hugs. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> if, you, if you come tomorrow, you'll be one of them. We'll, yeah. ju- we'll, ju- we'll both just... Prepare for pouncing, that's all I'm saying. I, I can't wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> just give us a squidge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a sneaky bum pinch as well. Oh, wait, oh. <laughs> I really should go on. Oh, I've never turned those down. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on. Do you want to plug where people can get your stuff before we uh, say Sure. Talk? 
Um, you can do, you can go to actionlabcomics.com for anything Action Lab related, or you can go to jamaleigle.com for anything Jamal Eigel related. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you again for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really lovely Thank talking you. to you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank and you. you. Bye. Bye.